Welcome to Coffee Pod. Sit down, relax, and get your hot beverage ready. Welcome to Coffee Pod number four, Madam Butterfly, a Lost in Music special. I would like to tell you the story about the birth of my daughter, Elise, and the traumatic journey that my wife and I went through. It was 2004 and Justine had just had a miscarriage. As anyone who'd known who's been through this will tell you it's utterly heartbreaking, especially for women. That same year, we fell pregnant again and the pregnancy was textbook. Justine was glowing. She was full term, but still no sign of the baby. After going two weeks over, she was told to attend the Liverpool Women's Hospital. We arrived on the 21st of January and Justine was induced. Fast forward two days later, with a trainee midwife, who was brilliant by the way, Justine was struggling. She was in pain, exhausted and still wasn't dilated enough to give birth. After being told to push without having any urge, Justine began to hemorrhage heavily. We were told that the baby was in distress and she would need to be rushed to surgery. I was told to put scrubs on and get ready to go into the operating theatre. Now anyone who knows me knows how deeply I research things. When we entered the hospital two days before, I had quizzed the staff about whether or not Justine could give birth naturally due to her size as she is so small in stature, although she is mighty in presence. She looked like she had a beach ball under her top. It was ridiculous. Did you know that in the USA, you can be scanned and based on your height and shoe size, they can determine whether or not you need the cesarean. However, in this country, that is not the same. So when I told this to the doctors and the nurses, it fell upon deaf ears. Anyway, I entered the theatre and there were around 10 doctors in there. I thought that was strange. And I'll elaborate on that later. They had given Justine a spinal block and the baby was breech. All I can say after that is the bloodbath that ensued was awful. Elise was born weighing £9 on Sunday the 23rd of January 2005 at 4.30pm. She wasn't breathing. A crash team entered the room and began to treat her. I fell to my knees. I had nothing left. A timer read 60 seconds and an alarm went off. All of a sudden, Elise drew a breath. But before I could even react, the baby was wheeled out. One door and Justine was wheeled out the other. I was told to come back in an hour and was sent out of the ward, not knowing the fate of my family. On the way out of the building, the trainee midwife pulled me to one side and in confidence told me that the unusual amount of doctors in the operating theatre because they were having a sweep on the size of the baby. I was absolutely furious. Outside the hospital, I switched my phone on and there was a tirade of missed calls and messages. People wanting to know what was happening. I made some phone calls to our immediate family, but I didn't have answers. I was numb.
Around one hour later, I was let in to see the baby. She was in the NICU ward, the highest dependency ward for babies. I was told she had an APGAR score of 1. APGAR is the scale that you are rated on when you are born. 10 being perfect and 0 being stillbirth. She was lucky to be alive. I walked past all these tiny £1 babies wired up in see-through plastic boxes. It was heartbreaking. They showed me to Elise. She was huge. She didn't look like she belonged in there. She was heavily swollen and heavily bruised. I put my hand in the box and held her hand for the very first time. After this, I was taken to Justine, who was in a terrible state. She was white as a sheet and the life had been drained out of her. I put her in the wheelchair and took her up to see Elise properly for the first time. We spent a while with her and I took Justine back to the ward to rest as I headed home and was not allowed to stay. I didn't really sleep that night and headed to the hospital early. I put the radio on and there was a song that had just come out this week and was playing on the radio and it was Wires by the band Athlete. The song centres around the experience of parenthood and the overwhelming sense of protectiveness that comes with it. Lead vocalist Joel Pott, inspired by his own personal experience with his baby daughter's health issues, wrote the song to encapsulate the fear, vulnerability and unwavering love that parents feel when their child is in a critical condition. The lyrics depict the struggle of watching a loved one fight for their life, grappling with the uncertainty of the outcome and how the desire to shield them from harm is so strong. Needless to say, both mum and baby made an amazing recovery. Two years later, we did it all again, but that's another story for another time. Elise is now 18 and thriving. She has the biggest, kindest heart of anyone I know. I call her the butterfly. She lands wherever the wind blows her. And because she is such a kind spirit, the universe protects and provides for her. I leave this episode for you, Elise, as one day I will not exist on this plane anymore. And you will have this podcast to know how immensely proud I am of you and that I will always be part of your life. And remember, energy never dies. 